0: Back to the grind, well, at least for most of you. Age discrimination during COVID-19, what good intention employers and employees need to know. Sean Andrade from Andrade Gonzalez joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, audience. It's great to be here with you today. On this episode, we're talking about yet another unintended consequence from shutting down from COVID-19, and that is is age discrimination and, of course, the issues that result from that. And to help us with this discussion, we welcome Sean Andrade from the Andrade Gonzalez Law Firm. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. You know, sort of the origin of this episode, you know, I recently came across this great article on ABA Journal by Harris Meyer, so hat tip, and it was titled, A Flood of Age Discrimination Lawsuits is Expected from COVID-19 and the Economic Downturn. And it got me thinking about all of these unintended consequences that came from these shutdowns, and I think that you know most of us recognize now at this point that COVID nineteen tends to target older people, and of course people with comorbidities. And so you know, getting back to work and getting you know the facilities and the factories and the businesses open, you know, comes with a catch twenty two. You know, everybody wants to reopen successfully. And safely, but uh, you know, choices will have to be made. So, you know, before you know, we get into the pros and cons of that with age discrimination, I wanted to ask some just basic questions about age discrimination. And so, you know, in today's uh, market, you know, how many U.S. workers fall into that category that's most associated with age discrimination?
1: That's a really good question, and um, and I think that's a really good prediction that we heard because, essentially, what what you have right now. If you look at the different generations, the, the baby boomers, which are aged 56 to 74, as of 2018, they are really kind of exiting the workforce. And so you have, at least as of 2018, you had 10,000 that were retiring every day. You have the Gen X generation that's, that's now starting to reach their 50s. And then you have the millennials that are now as of 2016, just surpassed the baby boomers. And the interesting thing is, what we did already see, this is pre-COVID, up until 2017, you already see a really big increase in age discrimination claims versus even other uh, discrimination claims. So you, we're looking at really thousands of people in each of these categories, and there's been a boost up until you know even pre-COVID. So to see it
0: continue on, I think is, is a very likely thing. As a quick follow-up to that, you know, I've talked with quite a few people out there that, uh, you know, their, their financial uh, future looks a little uh, dimmer today. You know, they, they've lost out in some retirement. You know, maybe they, maybe they were thinking about it this year, but that might be delayed. So I guess, you know, if you were to make a prediction, would you estimate that the number of age discrimination lawsuits will, will begin to increase as we, as we open up further? I think that's definitely going to be the case because I think
1: that, you know, as we, are now, we all know now, in the past months, we we have um, been coming from a place where we're actually, you know, doing better and actually decreasing our unemployment. And now it's the, the complete opposite. And hardest hit there is going to be some of the older employees that are going to find themselves out either through severances or big, huge you know, layoffs uh, and
0: other processes. So I believe that's right advice for employers. And so Sean, I want to kind of transition this discussion into advice for employers that mean well, you know, they, they care about their employees, you know, they're concerned about COVID-19. There's, there's not a vaccine yet, but they do need to get back to work. And so they're thinking, you know, they're thinking, let's bring back some of the younger folks, but for some of our older folks, we'll either keep them on furlough or we'll, uh, you know, offer them this, uh, you know, work remote option. Can, can an employer do that? Well, an
1: employer, I mean, the CDC has provided some guidance and the EEOC has, you know, full guidance on employers in the time of the the pandemic. And essentially employers cannot discriminate by only allowing younger employees to come back into the
0: office. That that wouldn't be something that they can do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let me put a little different spin on that. You know, is there any kind of exception to that? So, and I'm going to make a ridiculous hypothetical here. So let's say your head of marketing is 98 and a half years old, just a genius. But they've got the worst immune system ever. They really should be living in a spacesuit just in general. you know, forget COVID-19. And let's say the president of the company's like, there's no way. We don't want to lose this person. we can't bring them back. Is there any you know good faith exception to a really extreme circumstance that really can't be mitigated for?
1: We know from the CDC right now that COVID is going to have more of an impact on, individuals that are 65 and older. But beyond that, we know if there's any special, special conditions that the employee has, that those there could trigger ADA. So those could be something that could provide someone a right to have some special accommodation. The one kind of rub you start getting into there is whether or not an employer can force their employee to, to take a reasonable accommodation when they're never asking for it. And I think the answer is no unless they do some further analysis and show that it it will absolutely have, you know, a negative impact on that individual, which may be kind of difficult if they are following some of the other guidelines that they're seeing from, you know, from the local counties and things like that when they're reopening. But I think it's, I mean,
0: th- thoughts like that are in the right direction of what employers should be thinking. Well, let me flip the script just a little bit. So let's say It's from the older workers' perspective. So let's say they have their 95 year old mother living with them at home and they realize, you know, this, I realize that my boss is doing everything they can, but I'm still worried about the risk. You know, what are the rights for an employee, an employee like that that really wants to go back, but doesn't feel that they can? You know, what's the rights for that employee? And then what can the uh, employer do about it? So again, there, there, I think there's a couple little differences and I think it's a good, it's another good scenario.
1: If there is a worker, I mean, there is there is a difference between the ADEA and the ADA, and so there would not necessarily be a right to some accommodation, but if one is going to be offered, then I think, you know, it would be appropriate if there is some determination made that, that the person would have some, you know, type of disability. The one interesting thing that comes out, because I think you talked about an older parent, is there is no right to any type of accommodation and, and the EEOC has actually a question and answer just on that which is if the fear is that you know some parent or someone else living with with the employee you know may be susceptible then that isn't an, an appropriate basis for the
0: uh, employer to have to give some reasonable accommodation. Making hard decisions and so this next question for you Sean is about employers you know we, they've been shut down for a bit they want to get back open, but they realize they're looking at they're looking at their uh, staffing and they know they can't pay all the salaries. And so they, they look and they say, we've got a lot of highly paid people here. You know, they've got great experience, but right now they're not going to take a pay kit. We've already talked to them. We've got to cut it somewhere. We have these wonderful junior people right below them that can possibly get this done. We're kind of in an all or nothing situation. We need to start making some cuts based on sal- salary line. Can they do that?
1: Well, employers cannot make cuts, you know, based on, you know, any discriminatory basis, including age. And so those types of pay cuts would not be allowed. What they could do is, you know, across the board to everybody, you know, or they can start looking to you know, either freeze or lay off certain positions, essentially closing those positions. But they better, you know, may have the facts and everything to back it up that, you know, it was specifically because they wanted to close that position and either outsource something. It can't be that they, you know, were specifically looking to get rid of somebody who's been there a really long time and, and is at a high salary.
0: Well, so far, I've taken the the perspective of the employer. Now, I, I want to reverse that a little bit there, Sean, and I want to uh, come at it from the employee's point of view. And so let's say you're an employee. Say you work at one of these kind of crowded restaurants and you know, there's only so much mitigation that you can do, or you work at one of these factories and there's only so much social distancing that's allowed and you can still make your product, right? So let's say somebody works there, they're kind of getting that feeling that there might be some layoffs and they're kind of noticing that some of the older folks are beginning to be called into the office and they're getting worried. So, you know, what kind of advice would you have for an employee that works in a place like that?
1: That's really difficult. I think that, uh, I mean, interesting thing is, you know, I think the statistic I've seen is six out of 10 workers, you know, aged 45 and above have have either seen or experienced some type of discrimination. And I think, you know, here, if that's something that they're seeing, I think they should go get legal advice and should do what they need to protect themselves. And, and, you know, as we know, age discrimination today is very much like, you know, national origin and other types of discrimination where, you know, it's very difficult to see there's not ever, you know, not, you know, any longer any, you know, blatant comments or things like that. So, it it really comes more from circumstantial type evidence and, you know, maybe even rumors or things like that. But but I think I would encourage that individual to go get legal advice.
0: Well, you're alluding into it a little bit. Yeah, I think you're talking about the burden of proof. And and as I understand it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the burden of proof with age discrimination is a little bit different than, say, if it was a race or sex discrimination issue.
1: That's right. It's it is slightly different, although some people say it's technically the same, but there has been a development of, of cases based on based on Congress changing some of the laws of, of the regular discrimination laws uh, versus the ADA, that there's basically two different ways you can find uh, discrimination for, you know, national origin or these other protected bases. But the standard for age is, is, but for, you know, so, but for the age, you know, they wouldn't have been terminated or whatever the employment action was taken.
0: And what are the possible conclusions to that? You know, so if somebody does find themselves on, you know, because of COVID-19, much older uh, workers are being let go, they want to get into a suit, you know, what type of relief could they expect to get if they're successful in their age discrimination suit? Well, I think
1: if you look at some of the, the recent verdicts, jurors are quite unforgiving if an employee can actually prove that there was discrimination, there was a big, high-profile case here in uh, in Los Angeles, the T.J. Simers case against the Los Angeles Times Communications. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. But it, in that case, the jury awarded you know two million dollars in economic damages. It was a reporter, and 13.5 uh, million in non-economic punitive damages. There was another case that was also. This one was in 2018 a jury awarded $3 million in economic damages and $28 million in non-economic and punitive damages after finding that, it, that younger managers pushed out a 50-year-old employee. So it's not something that employers are going to want to make a mistake on or, or even mess around with. You know, it, if, if you do close a position, close the position for that reason, but it is a dangerous place to play.
0: Sean, I've been you know, reading some news accounts where you know, Congress is thinking about possibly adding some legislation to help protect businesses, to allow them a chance to reopen some limited time, limited liability for COVID-19 if people were to get sick in the workplace. But have you heard anything similar that might protect an employer from a COVID-19 age discrimination uh, dismissal?
1: Well, we all know about the safe, well, there's a safe to work act that is uh, pending in the federal government. That one would provide, you know, different immunities and a very limited liability with a very short statute of, of a year. I know also in California and other states, there's been some kind of a framework to try to push some of the liability into the workers' compensation system. And, and even in the Safe to Work Act, that, you know, that part is kind of made clear where things fall within, you know, workers'
0: compensation, that, that
1: that's where they they should stay.
0: If you're one of these states that maybe does offer some limited protection, at least for a short period of time, so the business can get a foothold, you're not out of the woods with the federal laws. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Sean, it's a real pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating in your favorite podcasting app. It helps the show grow and that only takes a minute. So always a good thing. And also we'll cite our research for this episode. We'll put it on our website on legaltalknetwork.com so you can read for yourself in the show notes, including that ABA Journal article by Harris Meyer, hat tip. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody.